America glorifies the Olympics, but what is actually happening behind the scenes? Today, I have Madison Freeman on to tell you the truth about the Olympics, as well as exposing China in the process. The ultimate question we are leaving with you today is, is America's participation in the Olympics this year condoning the violation of human rights that is going down in China? Welcome back. We have Madison Freeman here with us today, and I am so excited for you to hear about what she has researched on and what she has to say about the Olympics. And then also specifically, we will be talking about the importance of this year's Olympics and the location of where it's being held, and that is China. So thank you for coming on, Madison. We are so glad to have you. Thank you for having me. It's so good to be here. Um, let's start off by talking about a little bit of a brief history of what the Olympics is. Sure. So I did a little bit of history research on history.com. It's really easy to find if you want to go learn more about it. Um, but basically, the Olympics originated around 3,000 years ago in Greece. And from the 8th century BC to the 4th century BC, it has been held every four years in Olympia, which was considered a sacred site um, to the ancient Greeks, and they honored Zeus there. Uh, but the first modern 1896 in Athens, Greece, kind of to harken back to the original Olympics. And ever since 1994, there have been two Olympic Games, the Summer Games and the Winter Games, and they rotate every two years. Um, some of the requirements are established by the International Federation of the Olympic Charter, and they establish the rules and they organize the qualifying events for the Olympic athletes, while the National Olympic Committee of the Athletes' Country supports the athletes and its responsibility for entering them. What is, so there's a lot of things that are going behind the scenes with the Olympics. A lot of people think like, oh, I'm watching the Olympics, it's cool, all this stuff. So what are some requirements that we see of athletes when it comes to the Olympics? Right. So in my research, I found that you have to be at least eight years old um, to compete in the Olympics. And you can't just go to the Olympic Games all of a sudden and decide, oh, I'm going to compete. Now you have to go through a series of qualifying events, like I said, that's established by the National Olympic Committee. And um, through those series of qualifying events, there are several rounds. And if you pass all of those rounds, then the different teams, so like there's the gymnastics committee, there's like basketball committee in the summer, um, and in the winter, there's like a figure skating committee and all these mm -hmm. other stuff. And they decide who they pick for their country to compete in the games. Right. And to talk a little bit more about requirements, we see from the United States and also other countries that we are pretty strong held on COVID-19 um, restrictions and mandates and all those things we are looking at right now. What is the hypocrisy that we are looking at with sending multiple of our athletes to a country when we have our own citizens locked down? 
Right. Well, I think the first bit of hypocrisy is the fact that it's being held in China this year. And as we know from research, the virus originated in China in a lab. Um, so that's the first bit of hypocrisy that we see. The second is we're allowing our athletes to travel overseas to um, a country that has high cases of COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not even that it just originated in China. We know that there are high cases of COVID-19 in China going on right now. And furthermore, they don't really have to, as far as I know, don't have to quarantine. Um, they don't have to wear masks during the mm-hmm. events. Maybe when they come off of competing, whatever they're competing in, they have to wear masks. But as far as I know, they don't have to wear masks. Um, I don't see any social distancing requirements for the athletes with the other athletes. And so if we're so concerned about the virus, why are we, number one, sending our athletes to country where we know that there are high cases of the virus, where the virus originated? And number two, why are there no social distancing mandates, mask mandates, those kinds of things? Right. That was perfect. Right. What I was looking for, because it's just it is a lot of hypocrisy and it's quite sad to see that our governing leaders are so dead set on having us follow their mandates, but then sending a small group of people to a place where um, they do have to. I'm pretty sure they have to quarantine for 14 days before they're allowed to compete. Um, but but even then, what is the purpose of it? Right. So um it's just crazy to see that happening. So let's talk a little bit about the inhumane activities that are happening with the CCP. Yeah, um, I think there are two categories that we can break this down into. One is just the inhumane actions and then number two, their COVID policy. Um, So some of the inhumane actions that I've come across have to do with ethnic and religious minorities. Um, so specifically, the CCP is hostile towards members of all religious organizations, Protestants, Catholics, Tibetan Buddhists, Uyghur Muslims, and Falun Gong, and they are putting these people in concentration camps for their religious beliefs. And furthermore, in these concentration camps, I think there's about two date, like, over over a million members of just minority Muslim groups in concentration camps, um, they're forcibly subjecting these people to blood tests and to examine their organs to see if they're good enough for organ harvesting. And the specific organs that they target are uh, liver, kidneys, and corneas from eyes. And the medical community in China is in on this. And this is not stuff that I'm just saying because I think China is a horrible place. I don't think the Chinese people are horrible. I just think that the government is subjecting the Chinese people to these things. And all on the state website, by the way, State Department website. Um, The second thing is that the CCP forces sterilization. They force abortion. Mm. And they also involuntarily implant birth control into women of these ethnic minorities. And in terms of Christian uh, people, they are sending Christian people to concentration camps and trying to 
wash them of their beliefs mm. by beating them and telling them that if they don't uh, renounce their faith, that they could be killed or their whole family could be killed. Um, so it's really a lot of serious stuff going on over there. Um, and in terms of COVID, the, this is a whole new thing. Since mm-hmm. 2019, they have been risking people's lives when they have heart attacks or other serious illnesses by not letting them go to the hospital, depending on where they live. If they're in areas that are at high or medium risk for COVID-19. And that's really what I wanted you to point on today. And you did an amazing job doing that is really targeting what China is doing. That's a lot of different things. Um, If we go back to the implanting birth control, why isn't anybody in America who is pro-choice getting mad about that? Why isn't anybody um, being activist for that? So it, and even I think we were both looking for people who were outspoken about the Olympics. I couldn't find anything. No one wants to touch this subject. And I think the reason why is that there are so many deep um, and horrific, really horrific things going on in China. And also, I really like how you said that where we don't hate the Chinese people. That's not our goal here. Um, Our goal here is to call out the government of China and really show what they are doing, not what the people are doing. So um, you did an amazing job. Let's um, talk about... From a human rights standpoint, why haven't activists spoken up about the Olympics, do you think? Well, I think personally that people are scared, number one. Um, it's kind of hard to be a lone soul against a huge government. The <laughs> Chinese government is huge. Right. And the people that have spoken out, specifically in China, uh, have been reprimanded pretty harshly for it. And like I said, there's tons of concentration camps for people who have spoken out against their human rights violations. So I think people are scared, understandably. Mm-hmm. But number two, I think the people that um, are involved monetarily in China are not going to say anything. Um, there's a lot of money to be made, mm-hmm. specifically with the going on in there. And so those people don't necessarily want to speak out about it because they know that they'll lose money from it. Absolutely. I think that's where we look at from a United States standpoint, especially with Joe Biden, with Kamala Harris, um, with all of our State Departments. They don't want to speak out. And I think they even had a hard time trying to do a diplomatic um, boycott of this Olympics because they make massive amounts of money from sports, from um, business deals, any of the above from China. So. There are tons of money ties to China from our government and vice versa. So it's really interesting to look at that. I think that is truly the point of why people don't speak out. Um, And so that makes me sad. Um, I don't, I wish that the American people would call that out a little bit more maybe. Um, And I think that just comes from a standpoint of we need to keep talking about it to keep it circulating. Um, So If America participates, would you say we would be condoning the actions of the Chinese government? I personally would say that we would. I think it's turning a blind eye to their laundry list of human rights violations. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like I said, the Olympics are very prestigious and they always have been historically, Mm -hmm. even going back as far as 
thousands of years ago um, in ancient Greece. It's been a very historic event, and so it's an honor to host the Olympics. And I don't think that a government who tortures their citizens, who doesn't let people speak freely, um, who monitors people all the time, should be allowed to have that honor of hosting the Olympic Games. And I think us as citizens of the United States who believe in freedom, us participating in something like that is just turning a blind eye to what they're doing. I completely agree with you. Um, to quote um, Noah Hoffman really quick, he is a two-time Olympic cross-country skier. He said, I would be terrified to protest against China, and I will be terrified for my American teammates if any of them decide to stand up. And I think that has to go back to the rules that they have to align with. Rule 50, I believe, of the Olympic guidelines is that no one is to take a stand against the country that they are in. Um, it could have major repercussions for America. It could have major repercussions um, that China would implement. I know they've already um, made a, a statement on that. I'm pretty sure that if any were, anyone were to call out their government, that there would be um, some repercussions for that. So that that is scary. It's quite scary. Um, but what would a full boycott of the Olympics versus a diplomatic boycott look like? Right. So a diplomatic boycott is a little bit different from full boycott. Basically, it just means that U.S. diplomatic representatives like President Biden, uh, Vice President Kamala Harris, and Jen Psaki will not be in attendance at the Olympic Games this year. And this does technically align with U.S. foreign policy in terms of diplomacy. Um, however, a full boycott would mean that the United States does not participate at all in the Olympic Games. So we don't send athletes, we don't sponsor, none of that. Uh, this happened in 1980 under President Carter, and I think it's happened one other time. It's not very common, but we do that in terms of basically saying, hey, we don't agree with the country that's uh, hosting the games, mm -hmm. their foreign policy. Um, personally, I think that allowing the games to be held in China uh, legitimizes, like I said, the CCP's abuse of Chinese citizens. Mm -hmm. However, diplomatically boycotting is a start, and I do agree with that. I just wish it was taken further. Right, me too. <laughs> I wish that um, <laughs> that would have been something that they would have considered, but we do not live in a perfect world. I always have to remind myself that um, we can continue to speak out against these things, but in the end, we have to know that what happens, happens, um, and we did our best to speak out on it, and so I enjoyed talking to you, Madison. Um, what, where can listeners find you? So they can find me on Instagram. Uh, my handle's at Madison Freeman. I'm also on Getter. My handle is Maddie F. And then I'm also on another cool, new, exciting app called Tubu. If you guys want to hop on there, we're all about free speech. Um, <laughs> so I'm on there as well. It's Madison Freeman. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I had such a good time talking to you, and um, this was such a subject on my heart. I know it was on yours, and um, you did an amazing job. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course.